Hail and well met, listeners. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nick, broadcasting live from the Underdark. We've brought several brave souls down here under completely normal circumstances to compete for the right to see the sun again. <laughs> Ugh, get that mic out of my face. I'm fighting a mushroom right now. I'm Declan fucking Quinn. To be honest, we don't know how many are going to make it. So a tune right in every other week for Mirth, Sin, and Fire Season 1 against the Underdark. In our last episode, our desperate group of escapees from the Drow Slave Pens finally made it to the city of Slubladol. There, they completely failed to blend in to the bizarre subterranean settlement of the Kuatoa. Encountering a religious leader of the city, the Archpriest tasks the group with silencing a heretical faction within their civilization, led by the Archpriest's own daughter. The cunning fish person has already conceived of a complex and wondrous plan involving taking our hero's weapons, tying them up, and leading them to the dread Temple of the Deep Father. There, they are to throw off their bonds, regain their weapons, and subdue the submarine subjugation. Laughing in the face of the Archpriest and offering a plethora of offenses to the common decency of the settlement, our group of heroes sets off to handle the religious uprising in their own unique and catastrophic manner. They pointed out where the temple was, right? Would uh, I be able to easily find it? It's on the other side of the city. Hmm. Uh, why is the city of Corosa? It's not super wide. So you could actually see... Do you have, do you have dark vision? I do. Okay. Up to 60 feet, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this side of town is just a bunch of haphazard buildings. Um, he, There is a main thoroughfare down the center of town. Far in the distance, lit barely by... The, it's the only thing you can see in the distance that's really lit. Is what looks like a large open square with a statue in it that you can't really make out from here. Mm -hmm. That's about all you can see here, besides the buildings around you and the plenty of fish people. You mentioned the shrine to the mother, and past that is the other half of the city. Mm -hmm. We should be able to find that. Well, I mean, Shushop could probably direct us to the shrine of the mother. Absolutely. Oh, he, he does know his way around, um, but he's already... You look around and you realize that he's kind of disappeared. Alright. I did threaten to murder his priest, so, you know... Well, I would uh, recommend we try to find the Father God guy's shack and deal with that right away. Okay. I mean, I say it'll be guarded, but sneaking past guards is something I'm decent at. Who put you in jail, though? I didn't... They, they caught me in a predicament where I didn't really have any... Options of escape. I was uh, tied to a bed. An eyebrow raises. <laughs> she just stays that staring at you, and all her little snakes stare at you as well. I'm just walking in that direction at this point. It's like <sighs> towards towards the center. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I I should do. Any of you have. Uh, are you using the drift globe to navigate? Because it's really rather dark. Yeah, I'm going to just use the drift globe uh, okay. with, with the light feature on. Okay. 
So as you as you walk through the city, uh, you should all notice that people move and they tend to move in groups. The movements are really jerky. But as soon as the light approaches, they turn their eyes away. Kiss. Um, eventually, as you're walking through, you realize that they're, they're, you're slowly being surrounded by a crowd of twitching fish people, all, like, grasping at the globe. I'll bring it down mm-hmm. and cover it with my hands. Look around. Uh, hey, everybody, look down. I, I will say in common. Mm-hmm. And then I'll let it go and activate the daylight spell. Oh, oh Jesus. So... <clears throat> so there's a big flare of light. Claudia, no! <laughs> <laughs> so anybody who wasn't prepared... So everybody in the party was probably made aware of yeah. what he was about to do. I looked down covered O'Malley's... <laughs> <laughs> little spider eyes. Yeah. Well, when you all kind of open your them. eyes with after the flare, there are fish just scattering everywhere. It's chaos. <laughs> Buildings are swaying, bridges are flipping, and people are falling down, and several armed guards are storming towards Eric. Eric, do it again. Do it again. Well, I haven't turned it off, so if they're, star- if they're coming at me, mm-hmm. I'm just going to have it over and behind my head, mm-hmm. and look at them. So they approach you, kind of, they can't squint. No, no, they can't. They can't really squint. So they, they've got one arm in front of their faces and their spears out <laughs> in front of them. I, I'm and, just, they, and you just hear them burbling. About three o'clock, but I can't make it to the party. What is the win? Do you understand them coming? No, no I don't. Thankfully I do. They're just saying, turn off that light immediately, or we'll turn it off for you. Hmm. What what would they say? Oh, they seem to really like your light. Oh, awesome. But they'd prefer it if you saved it for special occasions. Is this not special occasion? You can let them know that their opinion has been noted. It's under consideration. (laughs) No, no, it's been noted. An undercommon, I say to them. Oh, it doesn't turn off. <laughs> we can put a blanket over it. Deception check. Let's try this dice. <laughs> I like this dice, not 20. Ooh. Ooh. They turn to each other and burble, and then the lead one kind of turns to you and just says, <clears throat> uh, Keep it covered, you know, use it for personal means only. Well, this is personal means. Also, a lot of these folks around are trying to steal it from us. Uh, I should sh- think what they might be wanting to use it for. If you kind of keep it... Oh, well. And they just kind of turn away and eye you and leave. They said they were, that theft is legal here. That's, that's what I heard at least. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> Sweet! Okay. <laughs> It makes me wonder why there's guards. Uh, maybe they're more like spokesmen for the city to let people know that theft is legal. Ah, so uh, what we just met there, that was the uh, customer service. Wagon. Yeah. So you have a large party 
and a daylight spell going, <clears throat> and you're marching to the center of town. Yes. Apparently. Put a over the orb so it's dim light. Oh, so that we can at least see ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And once the daylight spell is expended, it's gone till tomorrow morning, whenever that is. Mm-hmm. So. Also, we don't want to be living in our dark vision. Well, okay, your dark vision. There's a reason I have this. Okay, I've got two ways of providing light. I can use the drift globe, or I can light the city on fire. What's uh? I don't care personally, but people have an agenda. Oh no no! If you're if you're insistent on using the second one, I, I only ask if you wait until after we're on the lake. See, that'd be a problem. Because because I I wouldn't be able to see that. You know. We could leave you. We can see in dark. You hold our hands. We go along for a magical ride. This is all driftwood around us. All dry. If you yeah, catch it will on burn fire, extremely well. Yeah, it will explode. And we're standing around it. I'm <laughs> well aware of that. Have you not been traveling with me? <laughs> I have. Okay. So drift globe. <laughs> so. When you guys reach the center of town, I don't need to speak as loudly because I'm again standing over the mic. When you guys reach the center of town, what greets you is a rather uh, unfortunate sight. I can't say it any other way. Uh, You guys are going to have this imprinted on your minds for a while. There is a statue, nine foot tall, carved out of bleached driftwood. it's a humanoid female. I'm so sorry. Did someone close without that? The bottom of this is just covered in grease. Hmm. Debris. From debris. From it's. You might call it. You might call it debris. Oh. Oh. Gonna eat my feelings now. Oh. Well, let let me finish the description of the statue here before you put too much food in you. Um, It's the it's a humanoid female figure, uh, entirely unclothed, made out of bleached driftwood. But where its head and arms should be, you see rotting pieces. The head is the rotting. Head and claws of an albino crayfish, a giant albino crayfish, lashed on with fish gut and other implements. Also, at the bottom are four armed gods, uh, and uh, three what look like worshippers bowing at the shrine, and and a couple people walking about are always bowing to the shrine before and after they when they enter the square and when they leave it. As you're watching these worshippers, one goes forward from the others as they're making their <laughs> chant and, and begins <clears throat> and vomits all over the bottom of the altar. And all and all of the fish in the entire s- square just begin this <laughs> sound. Um and swarm to this one worshiper and kind of swarm around them for a moment, lifting them above the crowd and then setting them down and going back about their business. I'm no longer surprised that theft is legal here. Uh, does anyone want to make a religion check? 
too. Sure. Yeah. That, that's not a me thing. Just for comedic purposes, I'll try. Mm -hmm. oh. 17. Mm. Uh, 18. Okay. Was Boquette trying anything? Or? Oh, no, I have no. a negative one for <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, despite being a paladin. Between Declan's understanding of Undercommon and Brittany's understanding of people, uh, this very clearly is the Sea Mother, whom they, me and Koto revere. And she seems to be some kind of scavenger goddess who accepts offerings of discarded castaway items, uh, th things that um, aren't necessarily useful, but mean something. You're probably expected to make some sort of offering since you're outsiders. You better show your respect. Hey, Bokat. Hmm. You had this shiny stone thing a while ago, didn't you? Oh, no. I gave that to, to Brittany oh, all right. as payment, but I have this, and I'm going to pull out the glove to swimming and climbing. My gloves of swimming and climbing. I have no use for these because I can already climb with my claws. I'll take and this. I hate swimming. What? I'll take this. No, this is offering for cat the. She doesn't like that. She's a she, she likes mother. She likes discardable things like corks and broken shells and fish hooks. I do not have any of those. I have a cork. I trade you. Yes. Excellent deal. Indeed. Also, a vomit is a fully acceptable yeah, offering, so if any of you were willing to... No, no, I'm not playing around here. Oh. <laughs> When's my next good meal supposed to be? I, I hate to vomit some of their own personnel. <laughs> uh, on... No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't hate no. that at all. That's kind of... Okay, I wouldn't go bark on the statue. <laughs> So, you induce vomiting. <laughs> oh man, it's a miserable process, that's for certain. But all of the, the fish in the, the, I mean, all the fish in the square upon seeing this begin their <laughs> chant and everybody breaks off what they're doing and in one big school comes up and swarms around Eric, all of them touching him, brushing him. <laughs> Declan, all you're just hearing is just like, Bile for the sea mother! Bile the outsider gives his bile! And they slowly lift Eric above the crowd for a second. Well, hmm. right, I'll do this. I would like to just cough up a glob of poison into my hand and then just set it on the on the pile. Okay. I wish it So your poison begins reacting with the bile there, yes. and just starts sizzling, bubbling, and smoking. And then all of a sudden, there's just fire there. Whoa. What? That's not how that... Oh, it's because he ate... Yeah, that makes sense now. Oh well. So now there's just a fire that <laughs> almost immediately just... <laughs> the entire base of the Sea Mother oh statue is wreathed in flames. Whoa. 
There is now burbling screaming <laughs> from all sectors as this incredibly dry, bleached driftwood oh, statue, soaked in fish oil, begins to burn rapidly. Oh my goodness, who could have done such an awful thing? We must find the perpetrator immediately! <laughs> so in the general panic of things, uh, you guys hear kind of a general alarm being raised, but a crowd, a, a procession, again seemingly of some sort of religious types, comes forward, and they're just... Uh, Declan, you hear them yelling, See the Sea Father! has come to claim us all to, for his his children. The Sea Mother falls, finally, and we may all serve Lima Gugu. In under Congo shot. That sounds a lot like you're the ones who lit the thing on fire. Uh, don't tell our friends that. Well, I didn't understand a word you said. Because <laughs> I, I see these guys coming up. Uh, oh, burble, burble, burble. Uh, no, 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 no. If we can get an angry mob to attack him, it would be easy to sneak in and strangle the guy. Or they can just take us in themselves because we broke the other guy. In general, an awful mayhem, it makes everything easier. Yeah, I'm for mayhem too. But you know what's worse than having mayhem directed outside of your temple? Hmm. Having it directed at the inside of your temple. This could be our invite into their temple. Hmm. I was just gonna sneak in. So yeah, you you traveled with me, right? All right. So sneaking is not gonna work. Well, the party is approached by this procession as you out as outsiders. And this lead. The lead Kutoa, who looks similar to the Archpriest, a little younger, addresses you all. Well, outsiders, how coincidental that we should lose the Shrine of the Sea Mother upon your arrival. Surely you must be heralds of Nemo Yugo. Absolutely. Wonderful. Should you care to accompany us, we have made arrangements for a special ceremony on this fortuitous day. Oh, I love ceremonies. Do you have fancy dresses? You wish to dress in the style of Nimagugun's priest? Well, that depends. How colorful is it? They don't wear many colors. It's rather drab. And mostly made of garbage, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, basically. Rags and garbage. Derelict was so, like, early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. And what can you tell us about the Sea Father? Uh, the Deep Father. The Deep Father. Mimukuku. Yes. yes. Limugugun himself appeared to me in a vision. Mm. And at this snaps and a couple of the little priests come forward and she steps up onto them. Oh no. <laughs> I shall tell you of my vision of Limugugun who told me that I was to bring a new faith 
to my people one that would change us from a race of pitiful, weak scavengers to one to rule the Dark Lake itself. She begins going on a monologue, and as she's speaking, the fish turn around, and you're beckoned to follow her and listen to the monologue as you go back to the temple. Can I get to her? I like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna sidle up to him be like, I think that's the one we're looking for. Oh yeah, it is. Totally. I've got the bag if you've got the drag. Now, I'm just picturing Eric as a drag queen and it's really, really great. <laughs> <laughs> Fan art, please. That, that's <laughs> yes, called Distraction Plan X. <laughs> I think it should be Distraction Plan D for multiple reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll think about it. In the meantime, we can't get you addressed at this. Please, look at me. I'm not saying I wouldn't rock it. I'm saying, you know, in any case, it, the, the job is just to get the priestess, right? Um, to, uh, her buddy. Well, we don't know which one of these people is his buddy. Or her buddy. Excuse me, miss. Yeah. Which one is your buddy? Your right-hand man. He oversees the shrine. So he's not here? No. You shall meet Clib Dulagut as soon as we reach our destination. I'm just kinda... I'll also walk next to Brittany for a moment. If you light anything else on fire that well, I will get you a dress myself. Excellent. I look good in every color, except yellow looks less good on me. But every other color, literally amazing. Just out of curiosity, when we were uh, butchering their people earlier, did we notice if they had lungs in them in addition to their gills? Yeah, they're amphibious. Okay, good. Although you did see, you have seen some of them wearing these strange barrel-shaped things on their heads. Hmm tied with a string of fish gut and it looks like they've almost got little straws leading down to them to their gills and every so often their gills kind of flap and you, you see like a little water trickle down from their little hats some of them have scuba hats <clears throat> basically they understand the power of the curly straw too <laughs> <laughs> So you guys are led to uh, a shrine on the other side of town. It's basically an open stone courtyard, and it's actually made of solid stone. It's a little elevated above the pebbles of the beach. It's a large rock. At the center, there's kind of a a bowl-shaped divot in the ground, which looks like it has some kind of drain at the bottom of it. Stretched at the head of it is an idol that consists of a large hide cut roughly in the shape of a manta ray, stretched out on cords between two support poles. A dead, splayed-out manta ray is pinned to the center of the hide, and two dead octopi are draped across the top, their tentacles pinned and artfully arrayed, their heads tied together and painted with red and blue pigments. The idol reeks of decay, and the broad stone altar below the idol is stained dark with blood. Mm. Oh. 
Oh. <laughs> I love you so much. <sighs> is it is it is it bad that this is making me crave calamari? That's all for this episode of Mirth, Sin, and Fire. Our cast is Scott as Eric Severin, Steve as Bocat, Walker as Declan Quinn, and Candace as Brittany. I'm Nick, your DM, signing off until next time. No, you listen to me, pal. I said three sweeteners, not sugars, you. Why, hello there, dear audience. I so appreciate you listening. Why don't you go check out thelayeraction.com to see more of my wonderful content. That's thelayeraction.com, and you will check it out.